Amen. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and pray and just we'll uh, pray to, before we get into the word again this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you for this privilege and opportunity. Father, to receive light, instruction, revelation, whatever we need, Father, we, we look to you right now to supply that. There's a supply of anointing. There's a supply in your word. There's a supply by your spirit, Father, for hearts today and for lives today. Father, that things that need to be said, things that uh, need to be heard. And, and so, Father, we thank you for quickening us uh, in our speaking, quickening us, quickening us in our hearing so that uh, that seed will find its proper place in our heart, uh, Father, and produce what, what needs to occur in our lives so that we can move forward uh, in, in your purpose and plan for our life in a higher level, a higher measure, greater measure than what we've seen before and experienced before. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor for what will be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Are you glad you're redeemed from the curse of the law? I hope uh, some of you have been able to, if you haven't been with us, be able to at least get online and you can go online and check, our, uh, check out the services and hear what we've been talking about on the fact that Jesus reversed the curse for you and me and that we are redeemed according to Galatians chapter 3. Uh, verses 13, 14. Let's go ahead and put those. Those are keynote verses uh, for this series. You can go ahead and put those on the screen if you would. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Uh, this is a marvelous truth, marvelous reality that uh, every believer needs to just be established in. Uh, that Christ has redeemed us. Something he's already done, not something that's going to someday happen down the road, but Christ hath redeemed us. He's already done it from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. He was made a curse for us. Uh, and the Bible tells us, for it is written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree. That's Old Testament. You know, that was a verse out of the Old Testament that uh, you're cursed if you hang on a tree. Well, Jesus was the one that hung on the tree. And he did it in order to become the, be made a curse so that uh, the curse that was on us could be defeated and removed. And so that, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham. Jesus was cursed so that you and I could get the blessing of Abraham. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in, in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now we receive all these things by faith. We receive the blessings by faith. We receive uh, you know, whatever Jesus took for us to remove it from our lives, we activate the, those realities in our life by faith. That's why we have to hear the word, so that faith will come into our hearts about these things, about this marvelous truth that you and I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, that's talking about the curse in the Old Testament, the Old Testament law, the first five books of the Bible. Uh, you know, and primarily the curses are listed in certain areas like Deuteronomy 28, which has been our main focus. When you look at those curses, the curses for disobeying God's, God's law uh, that God gave to Israel, uh, the good news is you and I, because of what Jesus did, we can get excited. We can get thrilled about curses. Because <laughs> uh, everywhere you see a curse in the Old Testament law, you can say no in other words, for me, I get the opposite because Jesus was made the curse for me. Hallelujah. See, that's why we've been reading these curses and getting excited about it. 
uh, and getting fired up about it, realizing that Jesus was made a curse for me. Now, we, we've talked about the fact we've been redeemed from, uh, you know, spiritual death, sickness, disease, uh, mental problems, uh, poverty and lack, tragedy. Thank God for these things we've been redeemed from. So if you've been redeemed from something, that means you don't have to experience it. That means you, you, you no longer have to put up with it or have to accept that that's the way it's going to be. See, that's what it ought to put a little bit of fight in every one of us to realize what we've re been redeemed from uh, so that we can stand against these curses that try to come into our lives because the devil's still around. He's still going to try to bring things into our life. Uh, and curses still, uh, the curse is still in the earth in the sense of, you know, it hasn't been removed yet. We're not in the millennial reign of Christ yet. So there's still, there's still a curse in the earth and that curse will produce things in the lives of those that don't know the truth and don't act on the truth. So that's why we have to hear the truth so that we can believe it and act on it and, uh, and begin to incorporate the blessing of Abraham into our lives. And the fact that we've been redeemed, set free, bought out from under the curse. And these things are listed in the curse, diseases, all the, all, you know, the plague. We, I'm not going to go back and talk about all that right now, all the things we've been redeemed from. But this morning, I want to talk about uh, the fact that there's a curse in, in, the, in Deuteronomy 28 that you don't always notice, but it's there, and it's connected to all the other curses, really. Did you know that you, did you, did you know you've been redeemed from the curse of the spirit of fear? And it's connected to all the other curses, really, because it's a door opener. Fear, yielding to the spirit of fear, is a door opener to every other curse. It's connected to all the curses. <clears throat> but thank God you and I have been redeemed from it. Deuteronomy 28. You know, the, these are the curses listed, as we said. Look at verse, verse 60. Deuteronomy 28, verse 60. Moreover, he'll bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt. Again, this is the curse that you and I can get excited about because we've been redeemed from it, of which you were afraid, and they'll cling to you. So we see fear right here. We see fear, and fear is connected to a lot of the different curses. Look at, now look at verse 66 uh, and, and 67. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night. See, this, that's why I said this is a spirit of fear because it, it's something that stays with you. And you have no assurance of your life. The next verse, verse 67. In the morning you'll say, oh, that it were evening. See, that, that, that means you're living under fear when you're living in fear and living under that bondage of fear when, when you're thinking, I wish it could just be another, another, just another time of day. I, wish, I just wish my circumstance could just, everything could be different. In evening you'll say, oh, that it were morning because of the fear which terrifies your heart. And the things that you see. Fear that terrifies you. You're redeemed from that kind of fear. You're redeemed from having to yield to fear. This is, uh, this is just something that I, in, in studying this, it just, to me, it, it should be included in these curses that you're redeemed from. Of course, it lines up with New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. 
but of power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. So that's true because you're in Christ. That's true because you've been redeemed from the curse. You don't have a spirit of fear in you. And you don't have to stand, when, stand for it when the spirit of fear tries to bring fear into your life. When that voice comes to you. Amen. To try to cause you to get into fear. Because uh, this, this is, we need to realize this, this is a, a big time strategy of the devil. In the, especially in the last days. To try to bring fear into the lives of God's people. And just fear in general into the earth. And I think if you have any sensitivity at all, you can, you can look at the world right now and say one of, the prime, one of the overriding emotions of the world right now is fear in our own country. Fear left and right. Fear every time you turn on the television, a newscast or whatever, is, is to promote fear. See, the devil, uses, the devil will use even just circumstances that are being meant, talked about, and he'll turn it to bring fear into you. And that's the spirit of fear behind that. Amen. So we're not supposed to be ignorant of the devil's devices, the Bible says. And this is one of his devices. It's one of his strategies. Because you can say it this way, fear is the devil's faith. Fear is the devil's faith. But if God, so if God has not given you a spirit of fear, and if you're redeemed from the spirit of fear, then that means you, you have no business listening to things that promote that spirit or putting your attention and your focus, giving ear continuously to things that promote a spirit of fear in your life. See, because even though you've been redeemed from the spirit of fear, you and I still have, and that's true with every other one of these curses we've talked about that you're redeemed from, you and I still have a part to play. We have a responsibility to walk this out and to, to live free from these curses. We have a part to play. It's not automatic. See, you're redeemed from a spirit of fear, but how many, how many of you realize, we all know from personal experience, we can yield to fear. We've all done it. I, and, and I'm going to be honest, I've had situations in my life, I'm not, not proud of it, where I was just, fear had a grip on me at different times as a Christian. It got to that point. I'd allowed that. I opened that door. Now, see, fear, then that spirit of fear can, can bring oppression into the lives of believers. The devil will oppress people with that. Now, a Christian who's born of the Spirit, you're not going to be possessed by fear, a spirit of fear, but you can have a spirit of fear get in your soul. Amen. And it can just harass you. I've prayed for people before, and I knew when I was praying for them, so they got a spirit of fear, and I had to address that. Because this is important to understand. Sometimes it's not so much, you may be praying for like, Lord, I pray that their need will be met. Lord, we lay hands on them and, and pray that, that healing is going to come into their body. 
And we may pray for certain needs and things, but yet the underlying root cause has not been dealt with yet. Because we've got to deal with the root if we're really going to be able to have the proper fruit. Because sometimes we're not, if we haven't dealt with the root, if we're not careful, we're trying to deal with the weeds on top of the ground instead of getting to the root. And you can just temporarily put a Band-Aid on things and maybe cut the, cut the weeds on the top of the ground. But if you don't get to the root, sometimes people's sickness, and, I, and, I, and again, I've, I've, I've experienced this in dealing with people. The biggest problem wasn't the sickness. The biggest problem was fear. And until you can deal with the fear, the sickness is not going to it's not going to be, it's not going to go. You know, Jesus had that with, uh, remember Jairus in, Ma in Mark, Mark five, remember Jairus? When he came to Jesus, Lord, I want you to heal my daughter. Would you come to my house? Heal my daughter. If you'll just, if you'll just come and, 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 and lay hands on her, she'll be healed. He was in, he started out in faith. He had, he knew who Jesus was. He'd heard about Jesus ministry and what he would do. And so Jairus was in faith and got Jesus heading to his house. Remember, there was an interruption, the woman with the issue of blood. And uh, she came and Jesus ministered to her on the way to Jairus' house, you know. And after Jesus ministered to that woman with the issue of blood, somebody came from, the, from his house, from Jairus' house, with a bad report. Don't bother the master any longer. This, you know, this guy said, don't, don't bother him. Your daughter's dead. It's too late. What did Jesus do? He knew Jairus had already started out in faith, but what did Jesus deal with immediately? He said, fear not, Jairus. He had to deal with the root of what could possibly cut off the miracle. Again, because fear is a devil's faith. Fear means you're you have an expectation of evil. Because of what the devil has done or what the devil has said. Just like faith is an expectation of good based on what God has done and what God has said. So Jesus had to deal with the root issue in, in what could possibly hinder the miracle in Jairus' life. And that's why the enemy loves to bring fear because, again, it will cut off, uh, it'll cut off the miracles. It'll cut off, in fact... Fear and the spirit of fear is designed to destroy your authority. The authority and dominion that you have in Christ, the devil's able to pull the rug out from under that with fear. Fear negates your authority. Because you have a right to declare some things, speak things in the name of Jesus. Believe you receive things from heaven. Stand on God's word. You have a right to these things. You have, you have rightful authority and dominion in this life over the devil, over circumstances. Amen. But what, but what can stop that? What can stop that authority from working? What can stop your faith from working? Because again, faith and fear are opposites. <laughs> Fear will stop your authority from working. 
It'll call, it, it will allow the enemy to get in. See, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but you can still allow it to come in by, by what you listen to and what you put your attention on. What are you putting your focus on? Because you have no business with fear is contraband goods, man. It's, it's like illegal drugs. <laughs> it's poison. It's to be resisted, not accepted and embraced. Amen. So the, the things of the spirit need to be dealt with for things in the natural to be able to straighten up in line with God's word. You know, Jesus ministered divine healing. Yes, but he also ministered. But one way he ministered it was by dealing with fear. He also remembered one time he dealt with unforgiveness in Mark 11. You said, you can believe you receive when you pray. But he said, but if you have all against any, you need to forgive. A lot of people, their problem is not they, they can't get their healing or their, fa- or their because they're not in faith. It's because they're not walking in love. There's several times you can see that in Scripture. So God has to deal with the heart, whether it's unbelief, fear, unforgiveness. you got to deal with the root to help take care of the fruit. See, the devil tries to get things to your mind as well because he knows that if you keep something on your mind enough, it gets down into your spirit. So you're a three-part being. You're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Faith is of the heart. But the devil also knows that you can get fear, a spirit of fear in your heart. And the way you get fear in your heart is keeping your mind on the problem and on the fear and on the voice of fear. So that's why the devil, he's, he's good at that. He's a, this is his strategy. <laughs> Amen. The last days, you know, Luke chapter 21, Jesus said, you know, that There'll be signs of the sun, the moon, uh, the stars on the earth, distress of nations, perplexity, uh, the sea and the waves roaring. Now, he's talking about really in the, in the tribulation. But how many of we have birth pangs right before the tribulation of, of, of the similar things that are going to be in the tribulation? In other words, some of these things, notice these things are ratcheting up right before the Lord's coming for the church. We don't get the full wrath that they're going to, that's going to happen in the tribulation. Thank God. We're going to be gone. But, but the Bible still said in the last days it'd be perilous times, dangerous times. One translation says frightening times. So if you're just looking at things after the natural, it's going to be some scary things. That's why we have to get our minds in the right place in this hour. Cause he goes on in the next verse, verse 26 there. Uh, men's hearts failing them. Why? Because of fear. Fear is going to be a, it's a predominant thing in the last days. But it ought not be that way in the church. He said it's, it's fear because of what they're looking at. What they're focusing on. So you can open up the door to fear by what you're attending to. Where you're keeping your attention what are you looking at all the time? <laughs> that means what are you thinking on all the time? What are you paying attention to all the time? We know that there are things around us we have to acknowledge and that are there, but does that mean we have to put our focus on them? Because if we're doing something else 
to make sure our inward man's in the right place, it doesn't matter what's going on out there. But if we put all of our attention on what's going on out there and let, the, let that voice of fear talk to us all day long without ever rebutting it, resisting it, then we're going to open, open the door to that fear which will destroy our faith and keep us out of the will and plan of God for our lives. It's that serious. So we can't be looking at all the things around us in the earth. We need to keep our focus on the right things. Remember David and Goliath. You know, David with Goliath, his biggest thing, the biggest thing about it, it wasn't Goliath. I, I personally believe it's, that's not the biggest issue he had to deal with because he just saw him as an uncircumcised Philistine, but he still had to deal with the fear. Why? Because he was around it. Look in, uh, put up first, first Samuel 17, uh, verses 10 and 11. Look at that. I mean, because remember, Goliath came for 40 days. Boom, boom, boom. Every day, boom, boom. And he would say, I defy this big old giant there. You know, this nine foot giant. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Every day he would come out for 40 days uh, to the army, you know, to God's armies. I mean, to Israel's armies, you know. When Saul, but look, notice what happened in verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and what? Greatly afraid. See, it matters what you're hearing. Now, some things you can't help but hear, but then there's other things you can absolutely help what you continue to hear. <laughs> Because it matters what you put your attention on. David heard the same. He heard that same thing. He came up later on, you know, uh, and uh, on a milk and cheese run from Papa for the brothers, you know, bringing some food to the family. Just coming out, see what was going, you know, see what was going on. And he heard Goliath too make the same threats. But David had something else working in him already that he'd been focusing on. Because that's why it's so important for you and I to be people who meditate the word every day. In fact, the, many of the Psalms are just, they are, that's what they are. They're the meditations of David. Of him meditating on God, meditating on the word of God, meditate, just, just magnifying God's goodness. His, 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 he's our refuge. He's our strength. Magnifying his attributes. David spent his day singing. He, he was a shepherd, but he'd get out there and he, would, he was singing and, and, and worshiping God and, and meditating on the word of God. Then when he comes and hears Goliath and that voice of fear coming out of him that had everybody else scared and greatly afraid, <laughs> David was able to have a different attitude about it because his, his attention was different. I said his attention was different. Glory be to God. In fact, what, what, did, uh, what did David say? And uh, uh, I think it's verse, uh, yeah, verse 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. I'll go fight with him. See, he understood what you hear can affect your heart and it can cause it to fail 
It can cause it to weaken. Or what you hear can cause your heart to get stronger. So that you can stand against things of the enemy. So that you and I can stand against fear. That's why feeding on the word every day. That's why taking the time to hear the right things, right teaching, builds, builds faith into your spirit. So you can drive fear right out by hearing the word of God. And one area of hearing that's important is to uh, hear about, how, about God's love for you. Hear about how he loves you. The fact that he's with you. <laughs> what the psalmist say, Psalm 23, I will fear no evil because you're with me. What is, what is God being with you? What does that tell us when God says I'm with you? That's, that's, his, that's an expression of love that I'm with you. I won't leave you. I'll always be with you. Because if God's with you, his ability is with you. His characteristics are with you. His attributes are with you, available to you. He's your refuge, your strength, your present help in the time of trouble. That's why Hebrews 13 even declared, I, I don't think I gave you all that scripture, Hebrews 13, you know, 5 and 6, talking about, I, he said, I will, I, will never, uh, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Therefore, you may boldly say, I will not fear. Why can you boldly say, I will not fear? Because God's already said, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. And if he doesn't leave you, if he doesn't forsake you, that means his ability is always there. His ability, his strength, his help, his power is always there for you. So you can boldly say some things because of what God has said, but you've got to put your focus, you, you've got to hear what the Lord has said. Remember when uh, Gabriel came, uh, you know, came to Mary. She's scared, isn't she, in Luke 1. Luke 1, uh, ver verse 29. But what does the angel, he comes on the scene, because when, when she saw him, saw Gabriel, she was troubled and considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30, notice what, he, what the angel said. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. See, she had to hear something to get her into a place of faith again, or get her into a place of faith. We know she came into a place of faith because, remember, she said, be it unto me according to your word. See, she received what the angel gave from God's word. She, she received that word into her heart, be it unto me. But see, she had to get out of fear in order to be in that position where she could receive the word of God. So she had to hear the right thing. She had to hear the right thing to get out of fear into faith. Aren't you glad you can move away from fear and get into faith? How? By hearing? By what you hear? And if you're not really in faith yet, if you're still bound with fear in a certain area, you just need to keep hearing. Keep hearing. Hear with the right attitude, hear with the right heart, but keep hearing. Let the word get a, get a strong place on the inside of you. And we need to hear about how good God is, how faithful God is. <laughs> Amen. 
Because we may be in fear before we hear, but once we hear God's word and how good he is, how faithful he is, uh, that, will, uh, that will drive the fear right out. Doesn't mean you're still not going to have to have battles in your mind, but you've got to deal with that and you're going to have to, um, you can cast that down if you know God loves you and you're confident in that and you've gotten established in that. You know, 1 Peter 5, ver- verse 7, what are, what are we supposed to do? Cast our cares, or you could say our fears. On him. Well, how can we do that, Pastor? Because he cares for you. If you're having a problem casting your care, casting your fears over on the Lord, then here's, the, here's what you got to do. You got to get more established and convinced of his care for you. See, this is what you have to hear. That's what you have to put your attention on. This is how you go from, from you know, being in fear to getting free from fear. And you have to stand on the word of God. No, I'm redeemed from a spirit of fear. It's not, I don't have a spirit of fear, but it's still going to try to present itself to me. So I have to stand on the word of God, and then I'm going to have to answer that fear with the word of God. Remember, Jesus answered that voice of the devil. How did he answer it? It is written. Now, see, the voice of the devil, it can come in different ways. It can come, but there are times it's going to come as a spirit of fear. It's going to come as fear. Sometimes that fear can just dog you around, you know, wherever you go. Certain fears. You're, just, you're not going to make it. <laughs> you're not going to overcome that problem. That, that, that that's disease is going to kill you. Or, or, or you're, you're never going to have enough money to, to get by. You're not going to be able to do this, do that. That, that, and that devil, he'll dog you. That voice of fear, that spirit of fear will dog you, dog your tracks everywhere you go. I've been there. But there comes a point you got to get, okay, you got to get your attention and you have to discipline your mind, get your attention on the word of God and what God says, the fact that he's with you, he's for you, he cares about you. If you missed it, do you repent? Then you get, but you get, you get back up because God loves you so much. He doesn't want you living in fear. In the last days, there's going to be a lot of people having heart failure because of fear. Jesus said so. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we need to be one of those that says, no, I'm redeemed from that. That's not going to be me. Because when Jesus comes to the earth, he's going to find faith in me, not fear. But it's going to be because I put my attention on the right things. Because I've attended to the word. You know, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of your heart are the issues or the forces of life. Who's going to guard or keep your heart? Who's going to do that? Not God. He said, you, gotta do, you and I have to do that. You and I have to guard it. We've got to have a bouncer at the door of our mind. That says, no, that thought cannot, that, no, that idea, that, no, that, that, that lie of the enemy, that fear mongering you know, junk, it cannot come into my heart. I cast it down and I replace it with the word of God. I'm not going to let fear rule me. I'm not going to let fear be the basis of my decisions. Too many people letting fear be the basis of their decisions. And listen, even with all the, the, you know, the COVID thing and all, listen, if you want I, I, the vaccine, I don't tell anybody what they should do. 
vaccine, mad, anything. You do, what, you do what's in your heart to do. But let me say this. Don't let fear be your guide. Don't let that be the determining factor. Do it because that's what's in your heart by the Holy Spirit. That's what you need to do right now. Because he knows where you're at. Let that be the basis. Okay? And even if you do need to take a vaccine or feel like you don't have to fear the vaccine, apply your faith to everything you do. Do you know the Bible says you, 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 if you drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt you? You realize that's authority? That's dominion? Well, if I don't drink something and it can't, if it can't kill me, then that, that means somebody can't stick a needle in me and kill me. If you need to do that because of maybe your, where, your job or your tr you have to travel and all this kind of, take, then do it. Just don't do it in fear. Do it in faith. It can't hurt you. Now listen, I, again, I'm not going to tell you what, to, I, want, I want people to be led by the Spirit. That's what we teach people here. But don't let fear be your guide. Just learn that in life. Fear never helps you make good decisions. <laughs> And even if you make a decision and you do it, that decision, you do it, you do it in fear and not faith, you're going to have that same problem crop up again and again because you're yielding to it. See, it's a heart matter. You got to get that, got to get your heart in a good place. So we need to get so convinced of God's promises to us, God's love to us, that that, that faith then will drive the fear out of our lives. You know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll mention uh, even. Because every believer, again, has to face these, the spirit of fear in life. But even, even John, you know John, the disciple, Peter and John, were, they, were, they were Jesus' you know, closest, you could say, disciples. But John was even closer than Peter to Jesus. In fact, John referred to himself as, the, as a disciple that Jesus loved in several places in his gospel, you know. He, he, he just realized Jesus loved. He, he had a revelation of the love of Jesus toward him. Isn't that a good revelation to get? Just, we, all, we all need to see ourselves as a disciple that Jesus loves. You know? But isn't it interesting? You look in the book of Revelation. Now, Jesus has already gone to heaven. You know, it ascended the Father's right hand. And John is 80-something years old. He's on the Isle of Patmos. And he's, but he's the one that is, has the assignment. He's been tapped on the shoulder. He has the assignment of writing the book of Revelation before he goes home to be with the Lord. But I think it's interesting. Even this disciple, that's, I want to say this because even mature believers can get to a place where you could, you, your, your cage can still get rattled every once in a while. And here's John on the Isle of Patmos. He hadn't seen Jesus in a while, so except, but Jesus comes to him, and, and he, let's read it in verse, put it in Revelation 1. Let, put up, go ahead and put up verse 12. I want, I want you to see the whole, I just feel like I want to read this, what, what, Pete, what John actually witnessed. So if you, go back to verse 12 first, if you would. Because he, he gets to see Jesus in his glory and in, his, in a way he had not seen him before, really. He got to see him transfigured. But notice, Jesus comes to him on the Isle of Patmos. I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I, I saw seven golden lampstands. 
And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, girdled about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. Could you imagine that? Just, oh, wow. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. His voice is the sound of many waters. And had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. I mean, he's trying to look at him. He's so bright. It's like the sun. He couldn't even, I probably had, I mean, but yet he was able to see him in the, whether this is in, in the spirit or just how, however he saw him. I saw him, I fell at his feet. Notice, I fell at his feet like I, he, he's just out, you know. He laid his right hand on me. Notice what Jesus said to him. Because he's, he's going to have to have him write this last book of the Bible. And it's going to have to be a book that's going to have a lot of difficult things in it to write. <laughs> but notice he says, do not be afraid. He's having to tell, the reason I wanted to bring that, he's having to tell the one who was the closest to him of anybody that had ever lived. John. He's still having to tell him because John was shook. <laughs> he still came to John and said, don't be afraid. I'm the first, the last. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. I'm he who lives and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. I have the keys of hell and death. Amen. Glory to God. So I, I, I say that because some of us that, that We've walked with the Lord. We know the Lord. He's brought us through things. We've had great victories, but there's still sometimes my cage can get rattled. But I still can go to the scripture. I can take what Jesus said to his beloved disciple, John, and because I'm his beloved disciple too. I'm the disciple that Jesus loves, and I can read Revelation 1, 17 and 18, and I don't have to be afraid. Because he's always with me. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So I have the word of God that I can use to withstand any threat of the enemy, any time he tries to bring fear into my life. I can stand up with the word of God because, I'm, because we need to be like David. As we said, he's meditated the word. He was ready. See, you've got to be able to live where you're ready for a Goliath. We've got to live to such a degree that we're ready when that voice of fear will try to come and take us down and cause us to get out of the will of God and cause us not to be able to receive the blessings God has for us by faith. We've got to be ready, live ready for that. Amen. Yes, be in church. Yes, do, read your Bible, do the things, but meditate the word throughout the day. Watch what you put your attention on. Remember Proverbs 4, we referred to verse 23, but earlier right in verses 20, he said, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Why? Because they're life. We need to be making sure we're investing in the life of God on a daily basis. <laughs> that means we're investing in the word and we're tapping into the realm of the spirit. We worship, we praise, we we spend time praying in the spirit. We do the things that tap into that unseen realm and strengthen 
the inward man, building up ourselves by praying in the spirit. We build up ourselves through the word of God. We, we, we do the things necessary to stay strong on the inside. And we meditate the word of God so that it, when, when the situation and the voice of fear comes based on that negative circumstance and that Goliath shows up. See, you and I have to be able, we have to be able to move mountains. We, you are called, ordained, you're here on this planet to move things. Not be moved around by problems and trouble and voices of fear. You and I are here to, to exercise dominion and authority and to move mountains out of our life. Not sit there and look at the mountains and have somebody tell us, you got to learn to cope with that. See, that's why most, most, unfortunately, even most Christians, most in the, in the world, they just deal with the weeds above ground. Oh, let's comfort them. Let, let's try to, you cope with, the, cope with those weeds. They never get underground. My, my desire for this church is to be a root-removing church. Where we get to the root of things, so that, that'll take care of the fruit. And one way you got to deal with roots, you're going to have to stand in, in faith. You're going to have to speak things by the word of God. And see the mountain get out of the way. Not just put up a tent by the mountain and try to get by. And wait till we get to heaven. So you can't move things though. Fear, fear takes... <laughs> Fear takes the legs out from under your faith. I remember when I, and I'll use this as an example here. We'll, we'll wind this up here in a moment. But um, when I was uh, a first-year Bible st school student out at Broken Air, Oklahoma, my, my job, uh, I was a school bus driver that first year, and I, um, I had to get up real early in the morning to do an early route way out in the country. I mean, I had one of the country routes, and I had to take my bus out on dirt roads way out in the country and, and pick, up, you know, pick up students to bring them back into, into school. And, and, uh, and I'd done some, a couple of practice runs, you know, before, a couple of days before school. They'd showed me the route and everything, and I did the practice runs. But the, day, the first day of school, when I got out there in my bus and, did, and was out there, it started raining. And it was, uh, it was a humdinger of a rain a storm. And I'm, so I'm picking up students, you know, and they're, they're, you know, it's their first day of school. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. And you know, they're getting on the bus. And then I get, I get most of them on the bus. I had like one or two left before I head back into town, you know, head back into the, you know, the main roads, get back onto actual, you know, I'm off the dirt roads before I get, you know, I get I'm on the dirt roads, but I'm, I'm waiting to get off of the dirt roads because it's so muddy and everything, you know, and the rain is getting stronger. And, and, but there's, I look and I remembered, I'm looking ahead before we get back to the main highway. I'm looking ahead and there's this, there's a little bit of a hill. And I, and I, and I'm thinking, well, you know, it's okay. I'm just, this will go over the hill. And all of a sudden I hear in the back, one of these, one of these, you know, like a junior high boy spoke up. And he said, bus driver, if you make this hill in the rain, you'll be the first one that's ever done it. <laughs> and actually, this was my first day for, to go to classes at Rama. My first day as a student, too, and I wasn't supposed to be late for that. 
But this is early, you know, this is early in the morning. I usually, you have time to, you know, do that, get, get to class, you know. Uh, and, uh, but, <laughs> and I, when he said that, I mean, my heart just sank a little bit, you know. Because they waited till I got right before the, the, the hill. Because they, they think this is great. They're having a blast back there thinking, boy, we're going to watch and see if this bus driver's really good here. Well, I wasn't that good. We got up. I started climbing that hill. I picked, tried to pick up a little bit of speed. That didn't matter. I got up hill, and all of a sudden, those tires started spinning in that mud. And, I, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the bus just, all of a sudden, it stalled, and, it, and we slid right back into the ditch. And I'm thinking, I've got to get to, I have to get to school myself. So I'm getting, I get out of the bus. I got a couple of the bigger boys come with me and go, go look. I said, come on, God. It, the rain had kind of subsided pretty much, but it was muddy and it was wet. And, and I'm like, and, and, I, and I said, all right, we're going to try to at least just push this out of the, we see if we can push this out, out of the ditch, you know. And I mean, they would try, we all tried to push, but guess what? It's so muddy. Our feet would slip. We're just like, boop, boop, you're just, our feet just, just doing this. And then you fall. You, I mean, your feet, are, you can't get any traction. <laughs> well, eventually, obviously, I had to call and get help. I had to get a tow truck to come pull us out. And, uh, and so the kids had a great time getting to school about 10 o'clock. So. <laughs> and I was late, too, but whatever. But the point is, the <laughs> point I'm really getting to here is fear will, be, will cause your feet to just be spinning in mud. You don't get any traction to try to move things. So your faith is designed to move mountains. But if you let, allow the spirit of fear to get into your life, if, you, if, you, if you're walking by fear instead of faith, it'll be like, and you're trying to speak to that mountain, it'll be just like your feet spinning in the mud. You don't get any, any, any traction. You can't, you can't move anything if you're in fear. Thank God we're redeemed from the spirit of fear. We're redeemed from a spirit of fear. We're redeemed from that, that even though that voice still tries to come at us, we say, no, I don't have to yield to that. I stand on the word of God. I stand on the word of God. God's word is my, God's word is my God. God's word is my strength. And I will not yield to fear. You see, in this hour and this day, this is not, this is, like I said, this is one of the most crucial things we can address really and, and realize that we're redeemed from, that we're redeemed from this uh, spirit of fear. Because I'll say this, if the devil can't get you to fear, you can't fail. <laughs> if the devil can't get you to fear, you can't fail. Remember Jesus in that storm in Mark 4? Storm came up, disciples got all excited, all upset. Lord, don't you care? He's, he's in the back asleep. They get him up. He speaks. He says, peace, be still. Then he said, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? Because he, he, he was letting them know. He was teaching them a lesson. You can't, be in, you, you can't be in fear and exercise faith. He, want, he gave them a demonstration of faith, but he let them know what would pull the legs out from under the faith. Fear. So fear, but so if you don't get into fear, you're not going to fail. Because you're either in fear or in faith. 
You're in some measure of fear. You may just call it worry. Maybe it's different levels of fear, but you still can't be in faith if you're worrying about it. It means you haven't given it over to the Lord. You, you may have, you, or you haven't taken your stand on the word yet and cast that care on him. Amen. So if you don't get into fear, you won't fail in your faith walk and in your faith in receiving what God has for you. So that's why this is so important. Let's learn to, this. no fear, I'm staying in faith. I'm living in faith. Sometimes you have to fight to get, you get into faith by the word, you're hearing the word, but then you have to stay into faith, stay in faith by hearing the word. Because fear will try to get in even after you've taken your stand of faith initially. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, you're God's garden. First Corinthians, Paul said that. You're God's garden. See, and the devil, he loves to try, he, he wants to plant seeds in your garden because you have valuable soil called your heart. First Corinthians 3, 9. You're God's garden. So, so the devil's trying to plant some seed into your heart all the time. He's throwing stuff out, throwing seeds out. But you, we, we cannot have a, a soil that's receptive to that. We've got to, we've got to have our soil so filled with the truth of God's word that, that the, any, any, any seed the devil tries to throw as it just dies. It just gets taken care of. We just cast it out. We don't let it get into the ground of our heart. It'll try to come. That voice will come to you. It always does. <laughs> but you don't have to yield to it. Aren't you glad? And if you have yielded to it, let's do what's necessary to drive it out. Pluck it out. If you pump enough word into your heart, you keep that word coming in, you keep meditating the word, it'll take fear out of your life. It's not always easy. It's not always overnight. But don't get discouraged because you're redeemed. If you're redeemed from something, that means you don't have to be experiencing it on a regular basis in your life. That means it's not going to try to come into your life. It just means it can't stay if you'll stand on the word of God. And if you'll stay in that place of faith and not fear, God can do things in your life. He's got a plan for your life. He can lead you by his spirit effectively. And you can uh, stand on his word for anything he's promised you. And the devil can't keep it from coming. You can't fail. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we praise you. We thank you this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that we're redeemed. That we're redeemed from the curse of fear. <laughs> the spirit of fear. That there's no evil spirit, no spirit that can try to take hold of our lives. No curse that can take hold of our lives. But Father, we thank you that we can stand completely on your word today and experience the freedom, the liberty of being the redeemed. Those that have been bought out from under the hand of the enemy and bought out from the curse. We thank you for that liberty. And Father, we purpose as believers this morning, as your children, Father, to continue to put our attention and our thoughts on the truths of who you are in our life. 
on your goodness, on your faithfulness, on your love for us. The fact that you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. That you're with us and that if God be for us, who can be against us? Thank you that we have truths from your word, the seeds of your word to keep planting in our hearts, to stay strong in this time, in this season where the world is filled with fear, but we don't have to be. Thank you that we're free from that because we have your word. We have the greater one within. And we're not, we've not been given a spirit of fear, but we have a spirit of authority and sound-mindedness that we can think right in line with your word and not succumb to the enemy's lies and fears that are in this world. Thank you, Father, for setting us free. <laughs> praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to make sure before we close the service here in a moment that every person here, we want to make sure you're a child of God, that you're in the kingdom of God, that you've been born again, that you're part of God's family because if you're not part of God's family, you're susceptible to fear in ways that the Christian is not. You can be bound up. You can even get possessed with the spirit of fear. And, you, and in reality, if, you're not, if you don't know Jesus, you ought to be scared. Because you don't have a guarantee of a future here or for eternity that's any good. <laughs> if that's you. But Jesus paid the price for you. God loves you so much. He doesn't want you spending an eternity without him. He wants you spending eternity with him. That's why he sent his son. That's why... He redeemed all mankind, made it available for all men. But he needs you to do something. He needs you to do your part, receive, believe, accept Jesus today. So if you're ready to accept Jesus, we want to help you. We want to help you receive today. So if you're online, we want you to just contact somebody here at the church. We'd love to pray for you, pray with you, and give you some materials. So, so please follow up with that. Let us know. Uh, here at the church. We want to pray with you and help you. If you're here this morning in the service and you've never received Jesus and you're ready to do that, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Just raise your hand right now. I want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Also, let me, with every, every head bowed, every eye closed, you're here, you're, maybe you're born again. I'm, I'm going to make this extra this morning as well as we do pretty regularly. But I want to, because there may be someone here that's never been filled with the Holy Spirit that would like to be. See, there's a greater work and dimension of the Spirit God wants to do in you through the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Just like in Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And, and you may think, well, what? I'm, if I'm born again, don't I have the Holy Spirit in me? Yes, you do. You have the new birth. The Spirit of God has brought you. You're a new creation. You have God's spirit in you through the new birth, but there is a further work God has placed in his word and made available through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to cause a greater dimension of the greater one to be able to have a place in your life. You can experience greater power, greater strength. You can just experience the spirit's work on that even greater dimension. 
through the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so that, that's, what, that's all that is. It's a, greater, it's a greater work of the Spirit. And so that's available for every believer. And that's one area that will help you keep yourself spiritually strong. Because the Bible tells us if you pray in the Spirit, you build your inward man up. And that keeps you strong against fear. One thing I do when I'm dealing with things that have to do with fear in my life, when the enemy's brought that voice and I'm dealing with, maybe dealing with some issues, uh, there's, there are times I'll take a little extra time, pray in the spirit, keep my inward man charged up. Yes, we meditate the word. Yes, the word helps build us up. But there's also a work of the spirit that builds us up by praying in the spirit. Greater dimension of the spirit at work. So if that's you, God doesn't, it's a gift. You, don't, you can receive or not. God wants to help. He wants to make it available to you. If that's you and you'd like to receive that gift of the Holy Spirit this morning, uh, just lift your hand. We want to pray with you as well. We want to help you receive today, if that's you. Everybody stand up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I, I don't know about you. I want every weapon made available to me especially in this day and hour, okay, to stay, for us to stay filled up, charged up, ready, <laughs> on the offensive with the enemy in, the, in this world that we have to face every day. And there's more and more things that are... Let's wait, wait on the Lord just a moment. Let's just worship him for a moment. Magnify Jesus for a moment. Thank you, Father. Praise you. <laughs> If anybody that's just, you've been dealing, that seemed like a, you've had a dogged fear uh, following you around. This had you concerned about, I don't know if it's about a child, about, I'm not sure about the circumstance. It just, that's what I just kind of had a picture in my spirit there, but. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what, the, here's what I felt the Lord told me to do. And I'm going to just have everybody, everybody lift your hands up. He said, I, <laughs> I just saw myself laughing. <laughs> laughing at the enemy. <laughs> laughing at that fear. And the Holy Spirit, that, that's going to break that in, uh, in you this morning. There's an anointing right now. Let's laugh. Ha, 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 Laugh at the devil. He's a liar. He's a liar. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Now, some of you are looking at me funny. You know, some people can cry in church and everybody says, oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that wonderful? I mean, it's all right to laugh in church. Bible says about Job at destruction and famine, 
he laughed. Bible says about God. The psalmist said, when, when all those, uh, all the, all the uh, enemy armies you know, and leaders tried to come against him, Bible says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Well, if my daddy can laugh, I can laugh. If my father can laugh, I'm gonna, I, we can be like him at times, right? There's a time for these things. And there's a time. When, uh, so that's just what I had in my heart. Some of you are facing and you've been bound up with that spirit of fear. You need to go from this place, even though you don't feel like it, demonstrate that the enemy does not lord it over you. Demonstrate that you're redeemed. Demonstrate, demonstrate that the devil's defeated and under your feet. Demonstrate that you don't fear him and his lies. One way, not the only way. Yeah, you speak the word but you laugh. See, some of you, you probably, especially those of you, maybe that that situation may fit you. You've probably gone days without even cracking a big smile, much less laughed. We ought to be a, we ought to be a joyful, laughing people. I'm not just talking about it a good joke. I'm talking about just laughing as a, as a means of expressing our love, our faith for God and what he's done for us and our freedom. We're free. Free people can laugh at problems because they're trusting God and not focused on the problem. If you focus on the problem all the time, you're never going to laugh. If you're focusing on the voice of fear and every time you turn on the television, that voice of fear, comes out, you're not going to laugh if you're focusing on that. You may hear it, but if you've been focusing on the word, you can laugh. Is that all right? In fact, that reminds me of one more verse. Put up Philippians 1 in the Amplified, verse 28. You got that? Philippians 1, 28. I know it just hit noon, but you're, you're going to get your lunch here in a minute. It's all right. Praise the Lord. This is a good one to go out with. All right? You got that? Or am I, is, that, is, my, is, my, is my man back in the booth or did he? Oh, there we go. All right. Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. Notice this. For such constancy, constancy and fearlessness. You mean that means you and I can be fearless? If we're, if we're meditating on the word and letting that be our focus and attention, yes, that will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them. That means the enemy, de the devil, demons, all the forces aligned against us of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence, evidence of your deliverance and salvation from God. <laughs> so every time, every time you just start laughing and praising God, rejoicing, and the devil's been lying to you and he thinks you're gonna get depressed, you just demonstrate and give him evidence that you're delivered, that you're redeemed. You're also demonstrating to the enemy 
he's about to get really in bad shape. His doom is on the horizon. He's a defeated foe, but his doom, his total demise is just around the corner. And we get to remind it of him every time we laugh in faith. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> How about one more time? Let's give God praise and, and glory. <laughs> Demonstrate. Demonstrate. You're redeemed. You're delivered. You're free from a spirit of fear. And you have a spirit of a sound mind. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Aren't you glad you're redeemed? It's good to be redeemed. God bless you. We love you. Have a great rest of your day.